Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, Wagwan, my friends? It is magic. It is Mortimer Main. It is I, the safe cracker, coming back with another episode from the Treehouse Lounge. We are up here on a nice, beautiful, sunny day. High as hell, okay? 240 feet up above the forest floor, having a good time. All set. We're already in the swing of things. We're already partying up here. What did we do earlier today? We watched Hamlet 2. We had that on the sound system. The AV system as we prepared all the things that a restaurant bar lounge like this needs to prepare for the day. The movie was Hamlet 2. I think it came out in 2006. Hilarious movie. Steve Coogan plays a hilariously inept high school drama teacher and his trials and tribulations of trying to get <laughs> their latest original production out before uh, drama is defunded and the Tucson, Arizona West Mesa High School drama program shuts down. It's really funny. You got to check it out. Hamlet 2. Big recommend. Okay, switching gears here. Today we are talking about, oh man, a legend. Controversial cat, but we're going to dig into all that. We're talking about Mr. B -b 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 Brown. Who's that? That's the godfather of soul. That's soul brother number one. That's the hardest working man in show business. That's R.I.P. James Brown. Man, James Brown. <sighs> okay, lots to say. Where do we start here? Let's start with him. J.B. was born in a small wooden shack in South Carolina. His mom left. He was forced out of school. Uh, after grade six only because he couldn't afford the clothes that were required to be worn in school. He was poor, 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 poor. I have seen the biopic of James Brown. It was really good. It was really informative. I have never personally known anyone who was that poor, but I remember my stepdad telling me he did when he was a kid. He knew kids in school that literally had dirt floors and were happy to get an orange for Christmas. So quite different from uh, my middle-class upbringing. Thank you for that, Mom. Okay, so James Brown got in trouble, started to get in trouble, man. That's what happens uh, when you're out of the school system, right? He started hustling, he got arrested. At a really young age, he got locked up, but it was like kind of reminiscent of Chuck Berry. It seems like when he was locked up as a youth, that's kind of when music became uh, his alternative. And, you know, maybe his only alternative so right off the bat, I just got to get into the morality of the question these days that I have to address on this show of artists of music I've played that have broken the law or just generally done bad things that, you know, I don't agree with and I don't think anybody should do. James Brown, talking about the bad stuff, okay? This guy was locked up. He was arrested continuously. He was a very violent man. Domestic abuse characterized him throughout his life. He would beat on his girlfriends. He would beat on his wives. He would beat people bloody, um, which just disgusts me. And, you know, again, there there's no excuse for that. No excuse for any of that shit. He um, had nine kids, plus three, that he never acknowledged. He never liked to pay taxes. He actually came, seemed like kind of an asshole, okay? Like kind of a major asshole. He was also, he smoked PCP all the time, which is like one of the rules of drugs. If you don't want them to completely ruin your life, number one, don't get addicted. How do you do that, Morty? Don't mainline heroin. Don't smoke crack. 
don't smoke meth and don't smoke PCP, okay? Those are probably the four cardinal rules. Here's the thing. James Brown did all this horrible shit, but he also made all this beautiful music. And I was thinking about it. There's a, there's a couple of different ways that I'm going to try to explain this. Number one, celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay. Guy's an asshole. Everybody knows it. But if he cooked you a meal, would you not eat it? If you're looking at a beautiful painting, would you disregard the painting and criticize an individual color that was used to make that painting? What if, here's a historical example, when Galileo was coming out and saying, hey, maybe uh, Copernicus has something with this Earth not being the center of the universe, society judged him as being a heretic, a supporter of Satan, and his ideas were not recognized by the scientific community initially. Here's the strongest thing I can say when it comes to this issue. This is from the heart. There are a lot of bad people out there who do bad things all the time. There are, there are people beating their wives right now. There are horrible fucking people in the world that do horrible fucking shit every day. But we just don't hear about them because they're not in the news. So let's say James Brown is one of these guys, one of these really, really bad guys. At least he has produced something, some music, pushed some redeeming messages. So at least there's some good to go with his bad. And I think that's what we can kind of reach for in these situations. I'm, I will not say that James Brown was a good guy that he was, you know, a trustworthy guy. <laughs> I don't think I could be friends with this guy. After all this research that I've done, I kind of wish I would have, you know, had the opportunity to see James Brown beating on someone at some point so I could kick the shit out of him. But that's not gonna solve anything, okay? I'm just gonna say this one time. The stuff that he left, the stuff that he produced that I like, will not overshadow the negative things that he did all the bad stuff that I know that he did. But at least in this man's case, he also did something good, okay? He might be in a negative deficit, but there's no use in overlooking or disregarding the beautiful music that he made. So I will acknowledge the good and the bad that has happened, that has actually happened and then I'll leave it up to you to make your own judgments. Moving on. <laughs> All that being said, James Brown is one of the greatest <laughs> performers of all time, okay? Get on up, sex machine. Papa's got a brand new bag. I feel good. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Hit after hit after hit. Decade spanning career. One of my biggest regrets in life, okay? <laughs> and I only have a few. Is not going to see James Brown when he played in Winnipeg in 2002. Man. Because he died in 2006, right? This guy, he was performing right up to his death. Uh, from congenital heart failure complicated by pneumonia in 2006. I knew people who were going to the show. Okay, here's the thing. I was like 19 
I, I was taking my gap year off from high school. I was working in a restaurant saving up money to go on a backpacking trip of Europe with my friends. None of my friends my age even knew the show was happening or cared about seeing James Brown. The tickets were pretty expensive. I think they were like 75 bucks or something. I knew some guys who were going, but they were like older, like part of a different crowd. They already had their plans, their ride, their tickets, their seats and everything. And I just said to myself, I was just like, oh man, like it's not going to happen. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he'll come back again. That's how stupid I was, you know, thinking, oh yeah, like James Brown, like he'll probably be back around. But anyways, live and learn. Okay. Before we listen to uh, the song here, this is soul music. Okay, and you're gonna you're gonna understand that people are like, what is soul music? You know, you know some artists, but uh, you're gonna be able to hear that this is soul music. Okay, let me play this song. This song gets me. This is some of the early, early stuff. This is back when it was James Brown and the Famous Flames. Actually, he joined a band called the Famous Flames, and then later on, it, it became James Brown and the Famous Flames. And then, like so many of James Brown's backing bands throughout his career, all these guys, you know, or, or quite a few of them would complain about not being paid. You know, James Brown just being this like horrible taskmaster, finding members of his own band for minor little infractions. He was the boss, no doubt, but he could sing and he could dance. Okay, I have a question for you. Do you have a friend or know anybody who's ever just been like, yeah, I don't like music. I'm not into music, you know, I don't understand music. It's a rare thing, right? Because in my opinion, there are lots of people out there who don't particularly care for music, don't have much of an interest in it for whatever reason, but they will seldom admit that, you know? <laughs> Most people realize or think that it would be an uncool thing to say in any situation. But I have a friend who actually did admit it to me, uh, very frankly, and it was, it was very memorable because like I said, most people will just lie to you. So my friend Mitch was just like, yeah, I just don't like music, it's not really my thing. And I was just like, wow, really? You know, and he's just like, yes. This guy is a computer engineer, this is a smart cat, you know, and he's got uh, opinions on things and likes and dislikes of a whole bunch of other stuff. Hell of a softball player too, this guy. But he doesn't like music. And I, and I was just like, okay, that means there are people like my friend Mitch out there. So maybe you know someone like that. And if they've, you know, been honest enough with you to admit it, this might be a song that you could play them that they would feel. And then that after, they might be like, huh, there might be something to this music thing. So let's see what James Brown has to say. And maybe those friends who don't like the music will take the advice of the song here and try me.
reggae music. It come make we dance it quick, quick. Okay, wow. Give me a minute to regain my composure here. <laughs> okay, some more facts about uh, James Brown. Something funny, personal story. I don't remember. I don't remember when or where this happened, but I remember when I first heard the song "Sex Machine," and I liked it. And it was like the name of it was somehow a bad word, but you know that was also really the name of the song so it couldn't really be a bad word and I like that and I also knew that it was like real oldies music you know when I first heard uh, the song in the 90s somewhere I knew it was probably like a hundred years old or something like that <laughs> um, disco kind of killed uh, James Brown in the 70s some say I mean that's just based on record sales right um, he did uh, change the name of his band, which he had been with for a while, from the JBs to the Soul Generals, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, disco, man. So, James Brown, I, I think he was always soul, but he uh, transitioned more into uh, funk later on in his career. And even rap? Like, someone was saying that the way he delivers his lyrics is kind of in a halting um, speaking manner and that was kind of like the precursor to rapping <laughs> I had never heard that before today I never thought about that he's always locked up in the 80s uh, like we said into some bad shit man drugs, guns violence, abuse uh, he had a rape accusation he performed at the pre-show uh, at the Rumble in the Jungle, the uh, big fight um, between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. I didn't know that. I didn't know JB was there too. That's pretty crazy. Check this story out. In one of his, uh, I think it was a 1976 single when he was like kind of struggling with disco, he took a riff from David Bowie's song Fame. Fame! That one. Not sampled it interpolated it so like just just touched it up a bit and then never gave credit never gave songwriting credit and the funny thing is the guys who wrote the song fame were david bowie john lennon of the beatles and a guy named carlos alomar now carlos alomar was a guitarist who was briefly a member of uh brown's uh band in the 60s but uh, so I guess James felt like maybe if Carlos had like been even fooling around with that riff a couple years earlier, maybe James felt like that he owned it because he didn't give that uh, writing credit. And like right away, people were like, well, what is this? And I feel like if he just would have asked, you know, John Lennon uh, probably would have been like, yes, you like towering icon of music. You can use this uh, and convince David and uh uh, Alomar, <laughs> you know, the same way. Anyways, I thought that was pretty funny. This guy hated tax so much that one time he took, he was already in tax trouble and then he had like wrote a modest hit, uh, I think this was in the 80s, and then instead of giving himself the songwriting credit so he could receive more loyal <laughs> the royalties the way it would normally go, 
but I guess like his tax situation was so messed up they actually gave his then his ex-wife and two of his kids the writing credits to one of his songs uh, which is pretty funny um, he also had a TV show in Atlanta for three years uh, called Future Shock which he produced directed and hosted and I didn't know that but that's pretty cool too and kind of like art imitating life um, like he was at the rumble in the jungle he was also the opening the opener in Rocky 4 when uh, Apollo Creed was fighting Ivan Ivanovich Drago it was James Brown right before Drago punched Apollo Creed to death right in front of Rocky Okay, sorry for the spoiler alert, but I kind of forgot that that was James Brown in Rocky 4. Rocky 4, excellent Rocky. My favorite's Rocky 3, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Yo, that's it, that's it. That's all I'm going to say for James Brown. This is my only James Brown record, so today was the day. Alright, hope you learned something, hope you pondered something, hopefully you think on some of the stuff we talked about today all right i will be right back here tomorrow with more good stuff all right so just remember up here in the lounge we don't clash we vibe man okay we don't cause problems we discuss them talk to you later my friends i will see you tomorrow peace 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 <laughs>